The Sportscaster and her son is brought to you by Foot First Podiatry. Painful bunions, then it's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar Bunionectomy. No scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. For more information about the Sklar Bunionectomy, visit footfirst.com. And by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. everybody and welcome into the sportscaster and her son where sports bridges the gap between the generations i'm peggy kaczynski your co-host and yeah i am a 12-time emmy award-winning broadcaster sportscaster from nbc chicago for 17 years i am the baby boomer and i'm jason Canander. i am generation z i believe um, i'm a sophomore at university of texas I write for Southside Sox. I actually have a really cool piece coming out for them this week about what the world was like last time the White Sox won the AL Central. I'm really excited about it because I was six years old in 2008. So it's cool for me to like look back and be like, oh, like I remember when this song was like the top song in the country. And anyway, that's besides the point. So look at my Twitter for that. My Twitter's right there. I'm also really involved with student television. I've been hosting a lot of shows lately. I'm hosting a show tonight that'll be on my Twitter tomorrow. So really excited. Got a lot going on, this included. Um, But it feels good to finally be able to say that like I have stuff going on instead of just like saying I'm with these different groups, you know, because COVID kind of put everything on hold. So it's nice to be back. So that's Jason. I'm Peggy. He's the son. I'm the mom. And hey, great news. We have fan merchandise. Check this out. Ooh, I did not merch that. at our T Public store, and it is on sale. There is a lot of t shirts on sale. We have t shirts, we have hats, we have mugs, laptop stickers, and more from the we don't get along phrase to the list of Chicago. Bears quarterbacks that I've covered in my nearly three decades covering the Chicago Bears. It is lots and lots of fun. And you can have yours by going to tpublic.com slash store slash sportscaster and her son. But you know what's easier? Just go to our website and you'll see it on our front page and you can click it. This is one of the sweatshirts. It's my hoodie that I'm wearing. So I love this one. So anyways, lots of fun. Hey, Jason. Speaking of um, quarterbacks and uh, all the quarterbacks that I have covered in my life, before we get to the quarterback everyone's talking about in Chicago, let's give some props to Ignatius. St. Ignatius High School, college prep, big upset this week. uh, Very proud of my my alma mater, St. Ignatius, uh, pulling off shocking upset at home against number two Mount Carmel. First win over Mount Carmel since 1928. First 5-0 start in school history. It was already the first 4-0 start. And they're favored in their next four games. So an undefeated regular season is very, very likely. Um, just crazy. It's so cool, you know, seeing, like, the videos. We never had that much of a turnout. Like, I think I went to one football game a year at Ignatius, and I think most people can say the same. Um, that looked like half the school was at the game yeah. at the very least. Um, which is really cool and to shut them out at home. And uh, Mount Carmel was doing a lot of talking before the game. And you, now you just got upset by a school that has never really cared too much about sports. Yeah. So 
That's yeah. too bad for Mount Carmel. No one, I don't feel bad for them at all. And not to mention, it's not just the football team at Ignatius. I want to give props to the basketball program. They've had a ton of high major uh, scouts at their open gyms lately. Bob Huggins from West Virginia was at our open gym two weeks ago at Ignatius. Um, so they had, so I, I'm not quite ready to say sports powerhouse, but in five to 10 years, maybe when Jason Canander the third is ready to go to St. Ignatius, maybe by then we'll be a, uh, like an Oak Hill mountain, Mount, uh, Mount Academy type of school. <laughs> this is like for, for folks that, that don't know Chicago, uh, prep, High school. This is completely oh, unexpected. Like this is like Northwestern beating Ohio State. Yes, yes, literally, literally, yeah. literally, like yeah. yeah, or like it, Harvard, or like Harvard beating Clemson. Like exactly, this, right. this doesn't happen ever, except All for right. so props, props to uh, the Wolfpack at Ignatius. Um, we just watched. Uh, the debut of Justin Fields in his first debut start as a rookie his debut start, right, with the Chicago Bears after two truncated appearances, which were kind of gimmicky, you know, a single ser- a single play, um, and then a series, you know, relieving Andy Dalton after injury. Um, week three of the NFL season, 2021, Justin Fields made his first NFL start against the Cleveland Browns. Jason? <laughs> It was freaking disastrous. Six yeah. of 20, zero touchdowns, um, zero interceptions, nine sacks, a QBR of six. Yeah. Six, 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 six. six. 13 yeah. run plays for 46 yards, 20 pass plays, uh, six completions, 68 yards. Horrible game plan yeah. on Matt Nagy's part. I mean, nothing built around his skills. He only moved the pocket three times. Three, that's not two. Three, three times they moved the pocket, okay? Uh, They only brought in someone to chip on the offensive line. Three times. Well, There's freaking 20 tight ends on this roster. I just, you know, the thing for me is. Oh, my God. How do you look at an opposing front seven that features Miles Garrett, who's a future Hall of Famer, Jadevian Clowney, who's a former first overall pick, former pro bowler. Uh, you know, you look at that front seven and and the Browns defense in general. And to think that, like, they were so underprepared. And, you know, maybe Nagy did have a game plan and maybe it was a fine game plan. But the second that, the, second that the Browns figured out, Miles Garrett literally said second drive, they figured out what the Bears were doing. Um, and for that to happen that quickly is like, you know, and it's also – they should fields should have been pulled at some point out of risk management because right that really like that wasn't him. I will say this: the one critique or criticism I do have of Fields after this start um, is his pocket presence probably needs to be a bit better than that. I think that there were some times where the pocket was closing in and he just had no idea. If he were to have scrambled out, maybe he could have maybe could have picked up a first down or somebody would have been open downfield. But the thing with that is I think it was the first drive, the Bears kicked a field goal, correct? Yeah. yeah. Bears kicked a field goal on the first drive. And then I believe the next three drives ended with sacks. Here's so when when in, in his first NFL start, it's like your first day on the job. If, 
if you walk into the office on your first day on the job and a crisis happens and then you spill your coffee and then like you forget to bring a lunch, when you get back from your lunch break, you're not going to expect it to go any better than it did. So I think that Fields' lack of a pocket presence was because he was so accustomed to these big 275-pound guys coming up from behind and smashing him. And these were some hard sacks. Like these weren't like he's just getting dragged down and like barely like taken down or like tapped. No, like he was getting slammed all game by some of the biggest guys in this league, by Miles Garrett, who is – Literally, I mean, he literally got suspended seven games two seasons ago right. for throwing a helmet at someone. Exactly. Jason, so here's, here's the thing. This is what drives me crazy. Okay, so number one, Miles Garrett says after the game that they were really surprised that uh, they did not move Justin Fields in the pocket at all, and that they they couldn't believe that the Bears played into their hands. After the game, Matt Nagy says. Well, you know, we had a pretty good idea what we what they were going to do, you know, so you got to stay away from some stuff. And he outsmarted himself. Yeah. They didn't even try. They didn't even try it. And the other thing is, if Justin Fields was not ready the first two weeks of the season, why would you not do a similar game plan with a maybe using him a little bit more with Nick Foles like they were doing with Andy Dalton. You know, do you remember, though, the one game? I think it was Trubisky's, like, second or third start. He literally had seven pass attempts. And yeah. the Bears just ran, like, ran the absolute life out of the ball against Carolina and actually won at home. Like, that should have been, the like, the scenario when all hell broke loose. Because David Montgomery, he's been on a tear to start out the season. Um, and he looked really good the first few drives. And then he just kind of went away. Yeah. Uh, also, I felt like at times a game plan was maybe catered more towards like a literally Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. Honestly, because yes. that was catered towards like a pocket passing quarterback. Fields is a dual threat quarterback and he's a very good dual threat quarterback. And they used him in so many different option looks when Dalton was healthy. So why did those go away once he became the starter? Um, I, I just think Matt Nagy is over his head. I think that he's outsmarting only himself at this uh, point. Yeah. Um, there is no, uh, there's no adjustments. Um, no, none. He none. doesn't. He doesn't make adjustments on the fly. It's all or not nothing. He either yeah. completely throws away the game plan and uh, you know uh, goes to a passing game, um, or he sticks with the game plan and somehow thinks it's going to get better. You have an offensive line that is. Banged up, injured, old. Uh, you have every issue that uh, you could possibly have on that offensive line. No. Why in the world are you not bringing them any help? Well, and, and you've got four tight ends on this roster that, and none of them were were doing anything in pass protection. None of them. You know, you have Jimmy Graham who retweeted the like the Bears like one total yard of, of offense or whatever. It's like my my issue with that is where where was Jimmy Graham the entire game? He it wasn't pass blocking, that's for sure. If Matt Nagy is supposed to be a creative offensive guru, get there, there was nothing creative. Multiple tight end sets. You know, yeah, there who's was nothing gonna be the block, who's, who's gonna be the offensive threat? Who's gonna be the one that's chipping on the line? It just it was a disaster. <laughs> I've already and looked I should I should just let you know because I know you're out of uh state. 
uh, Matt Nagy's Monday press conference, he said uh, they're looking at everything at this point. Which Well, I hope so. Well, he won't confirm who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, he won't confirm, you know, uh, who's going to be uh, who's injured, who's not injured. Yeah. Um, it's a mess. I, I, you know, this you hate to to overreact three weeks into a season. It's impossible to overreact after yesterday's abomination, Mom. It's okay. We all are. It it's just impossible was. To. It I, really was. But guess what? The networks are are saying the same thing. Well, do you want to know how bad ESPN has already called for Matt Nagy to be fired? And um, and, and it's that's all exactly media. exactly what I'm about to say. That yesterday was so bad that it has pushed me so past my breaking point that I want Lincoln Riley to be our head coach. And Lincoln Riley, mind you, is Oklahoma's head coach. So things must be pretty bad for me, a Texas student, to want anybody that has anything to do with OU involved <laughs> with my NFL team. But I'm done with Nagy. I'm out. I think that, you know, yesterday was kind of like the perfect storm as to like every single thing that he has come up short with as the head coach of this team like amplified to the thousandth degree. Yeah. And like this was this was bound to happen. This was that was probably the most frustrating Bears loss I've ever watched since the <sighs> opener the year after they made the playoffs of the Parky game where they lost to Green Bay like 13 to 6. And that that was pretty pathetic. I think that that was that's definitely up there. This was the worst one though. This one in my now 10th season watching the Bears this is definitely the worst loss. And this is counting the Green Bay game week 17 when Chris Conti left Randall Cobb wide open on a fourth and 20, fourth and eight, make that. Mm. This is counting Green Bay week one in Khalil Mack's debut where the Bears blew, uh, what was it, like a 21 to three lead. This, yeah, this is considering that. This is considering even honestly the Parkey game because like the Parkey game, at least the Bears played good. At least, like, there was something to be excited about uh, until the kick happened. This game, there was just, like, no excitement, no anything. And honestly, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. All right. Let's not talk about it because it was just horrendous. And um, this is a franchise that that just can't seem to get this right. So, all right, Jason, let's not talk about it anymore. Um Let's instead talk about um, what led up to uh, Justin Fields' debut, and that is the anticipation of watching the debut of an athlete and and how much everyone was looking forward to it and how much, you know, the, the, the buildup in Chicago over Justin Fields. You know, I know people are trying to, you know, downplay it. We've had probably three shows already dedicated to Justin Fields. I mean, it's what gets um, the clicks. <laughs> right. But, but so so let's turn this into one of those answer me this episodes. Answer me this. What other athlete uh, besides Justin Fields did you really, really just look forward to? The anticipation was the similar buildup. What this other athlete? This is an easy one, like 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 a really easy one. And honestly, I. I would be willing to say that the anticipation for who I'm about to say's debut was higher than than Justin Fields, at least within the fan base. When I was a sophomore, sophomore in high school, uh, Michael Kopech made his major league debut, and that was probably the most anticipated rookie debut I've ever experienced. I wasn't really around for Derrick Rose's debut, um, 
that's probably one of the that's probably um, the one that would be put above Fields just from a Chicago standpoint. But I remember when Michael Kopik got called up, like the tickets. The, I think that because the Sox were already like totally like gone out of the playoffs. It was like the end of August against Minnesota. Um, and I think that they almost sold out the game, which was absurd for the White Sox back then. Now it's not, it's not like that anymore. But back like a couple of years ago, that was crazy. Um, and just to see like during warmups and stuff, just how amped up he was. That's part of what made the anticipation so cool. It was like, you knew that Kopik was going to be very amped up for it. Like you knew that he was going to be throwing a hundred out of the gate and he did. And his debut lasted two innings because the game got delayed due to rain. But for me as a Sox fan, that was so cool. Like I came home, changed into my Copic shirt immediately, went, sat in front of the couch and watched every pitch. I wasn't even on my phone at all. I was taking it all in. I can't remember an athlete like that. I mean, maybe Chris Bryant, Chris yes. Bryant's debut. Yeah, was, that was going to be mine. Chris probably Bryant. up there. I'd say uh, the Cubs did have some pretty highly anticipated debuts. What about um, the debut of the last dance during the pandemic? <laughs> okay, that's actually <laughs> that was actually that's something that we were all dying to watch because there was nothing else to do. That that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd have to say honestly, probably Copic. I, looking back on Trubisky's debut, um, I think that it, it wasn't that anticipated, partially because the Bears were like already out of the playoffs at that point, yeah. and it was like just like week six. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's really- I'm trying to think of really, you know, to really anticipate a debut, it has to be either, you know, a big name trade um, yeah. of a stud player or a sport with a minor league because you're kind of following them in the Ooh. minors, you know, or maybe they were a big stud in college. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know what's crazy? I don't remember Derrick Rose debut and I was covering the Bulls then. Um I don't. I just don't remember. I just remember Chris Bryant's was so big that that was. It was when he finally. When was he going to get called up? And you know the whole thing over service time. Yeah. That you know the Cubs get so much more um, press and publicity in Chicago um, in the summer, uh, and then you know for him to get called up and his dad being at Wrigley Field. I remember uh, taking. Um, video of it behind home plate uh on the field. I remember that um I'll, I'll see if I can find that video it was that was pretty cool that was really awesome and you know you could just feel it that at that point you didn't you weren't a reporter uh a fan you were like a parent because watching the tears between the father and son at that point was just the coolest thing in the world so I would have to say that um Let's do this. Let's reach out to some of our friends and see and uh, sports and see what they have to say. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we might we we. I don't know what the variation is really going to be like with these answers because Chicago sports wise, like the more I think about it, it seems like like Luis Roberts' debut wasn't anticipated because there were no fans in the seats for that. Eloy Jimenez no. debuted on the road. Still, Eloy Jimenez debuted on the road. No, the thing it with Robert anticipated Jimenez, debut at the home. The thing with Robert and Jimenez, though, they both made their debuts on opening day. So that kills the anticipation because there's already anticipation for the season. So it almost like lessens the excitement for the one specific player because all the fans are just happy to see the team back. Right. Um, 
So yeah, that's I'm, I'm but there was a huge in, there was huge anticipation to watch the dream team in the Olympics. Um, yeah. That was a huge anticipation. I think sometimes speaking of the Olympics, I think sometimes the Olympics uh, people are really curious and um, anticipate watching some you know big buildups that athletes you only see every couple of years. Absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes it's the anticipation. Not not only of a debut, but of a, a matchup. You know, back in the day when it was Mike Tyson fighting, uh, some of those were huge anticipations. Yeah. Um, but for debuts, I don't know. Let's 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 hear what they have to say. Yeah. Peggy, Rob Elgus with ABC Seven here. What athlete was I most looking forward to? So I was 10 when Jordan got drafted, and I remember those first couple years were rough, and then we finally made the playoffs, and then we could not beat the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys. That was tough, but in hindsight, kind of worked out. We saw the GOAT, he brought six titles to Chicago. But I think in this case, I'm gonna have to say Mitchell Trubisky. I remember when he was drafted, Bears traded up, passed over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I thought maybe they really knew something none of us knew, right? And then that 2019 season came, opening up against the Packers. This is it. I'm on the Mitchell Trubisky train. And they stunk. I think he threw the ball 40-some times, and it didn't look good. That's when I got off the train. Now we have Justin Fields, and I am optimistic again. And I'm just hoping it's not another deja vu. Please don't be another deja vu. Matt Nagy, you don't have to call the plays. You don't have to. Hope you're great, Peggy. Jordan Cornette, Shay Cornette, my better half here. And uh, Justin Fields, his debut, Shay, highly anticipated, didn't quite go, I think, the way you would have hoped, right? Yes, that would be putting it lately. It was a horrendous debut. Which leads us to the conversation here. What is the most highly anticipated debut for an athlete that you've experienced in your lifetime? Meaning you were so juiced for that person to perform for the first time. What do you got? You want me to go first? So mine would be Khalil Mack. And I know there's a, a long line of athletes in the Chicago sports world that I could have gone to for this. But it was special for me because it was my first year covering the Bears full-time. 2018, it was Matt Nagy's first year as a head coach. You wanted to see what he was going to do on the offensive side of the ball. And then you felt like Khalil was going to make such an impact defensively. And, he did. and that first game, he definitely did, was at Lambeau against Green Bay Packers. Obviously, the most storied rivaled in the NFL. And so it felt so special to me to be able to cover that. And so for me, easily, I would say Khalil Mack. Shay, this might be the one time where it's cooler to be a Bengals fan than a Bears fan. Because the debut of my quarterback, Joe Burrow, uh, yes, it was a shortened season for him because he tore that ACL, but you got glimpses of who he could be. And there was a lot of anticipation, mm -hmm. me being a Cincinnati native, of what he could do. And mm -hmm. we saw a little bit of it. And now here in his second year, having come back from that ACL, he is balling. And the Bengals are in first place of that division in the AFC North. So wow. uh, I got a lot to enjoy with a highly anticipated debut long away from that but killing it right now. And hopefully we have a lot to enjoy of Khalil Mack. If the Bears could just notch some Ws, it would be added bonus. Who are you blaming? Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, play calling offensive line. Everyone. I'm blaming everyone. I would put the least amount of blame on Justin Fields, being it was his first start and he is a rookie. Um, but, I mean, really, everyone needs to look themselves in the mirror. Conversation for another time. I hear baby Joey, our five-month-old, yelling at us to feed him behind us, so we have to go. <laughs> look forward to these two guys and their athletes and their careers continuing to shine. Hi, this is Pat Tomasulo from uh, the WGN Morning News. 
and from the Pat Tomasulo podcast, available every Thursday. And the athlete whose debut I think I was probably most looking forward to was as a youngster growing up in New Jersey as a Yankees fan, was in uh, the end of 1990, well, really 1996 opening day, Derek Jeter. How did that go? Obviously, I think you all know how it went. I think every other uh, debut for a Yankees rookie in the 80s in my youth went the exact opposite of Derek Jeter. So by that point in 1996, we had earned one rookie finally panning out and uh, Jeter definitely did. Okay, so Jason, I'm gonna take you off the hook. No predictions this time around. I'll leave you off the hook of my final thoughts. <laughs> no, you but, know what? I actually do have one prediction because I don't know if we're going to do a show before then. Okay. So I'm predicting um, I'm predicting that the White Sox are going to beat the brakes off of the Astros in the first round. I have heard so much crap being talked by all my friends here, all the annoying Astros fans. Ah, we didn't cheat in 2017, blah, blah, blah. No, no, you did. You did. And now I'm scared, but... I feel like I'm betting over 500 on my predictions. So we're going to see what we can do with this. I think I, I feel okay. And I just, I do want to give a shout out really quick to the White Sox for winning their first AL Central in my time as a fan. We didn't talk about that this episode, but it happened in between episodes. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about something I've been waiting for since I was like eight. So I just <laughs> wanted to give a shout out to this has been the most fun team I've ever watched. Ever, ever, ever watched. So I, I just wanted it. to throw it out there about the White Sox <laughs> while I can, because the next time we talk, I might not be as happy about it. All right. Hey, folks, don't forget to go get some of our merch. I'm going to put it up there again from the Sportscaster Nurse on podcast. If you subscribe and follow us, let us know that you did. Um, we might just send you a little token of our appreciation with one of these special little uh, pieces of merch here, like the sweatshirt, the t-shirt. With Can you send me more tokens of appreciation while I'm away at school? You have like everything. I sent you t-shirts. I, th- I think you have a um, uh, a sticker for your laptop, you know, whatever. I, I do. I have everything. Okay, Jason, tell people where they can find us also. Oh, this is going to be kind of freestyled. So, uh, Podbean, Google Play, mm-hmm. uh, Apple, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Sportscaster, and her son website. I think I got them all. Yeah, I think, I think you YouTube, got all. YouTube. And YouTube. It's part of the Barroom Network on Bar Barroom Network, YouTube. Yep. Now that we're on StreamYard, you can watch both of our pretty faces talking about sports. Probably a little bit better than just listening to it. So, yeah, although, you know, now you get to see us in our like our grubby at home clothes. Oh, yeah, I woke up 45 minutes ago. Um, Hey, if you like us, please go back and subscribe, listen, give us the thumbs up on YouTube. Um, Don't forget, I also have another podcast on Podbean in the Barroom Network. It's called Pass the Mic, where we highlight women in sports. Check us out. Uh, The last episode, we spoke with Stephanie Rivera, who is the wife of Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team. And uh, she's a pretty interesting woman, very accomplished athlete as well, phenomenal golfer. And she has really um, put her herself out there to help women get in 
in the National Football League behind the scenes. So check it out. It's called Pass the Mic on the Barroom Network. Uh, would love to have you, um, you know, go back and watch some of the former shows as well. Thank you to all of our guests who took part in answering this week's question about the debut of an athlete that they really looked forward to. Don't forget to follow them on Twitter, Instagram. Check them out uh, where they broadcast and write as well. Jason, our thanks too. Yeah, our thanks. Thank you all for us tuning in. You just tell he's a college student and he's sitting here. He doesn't, you know, do his homework and you know look at the script. Excuse me. I haven't uh, now just because you said that I wanted to get this out here and none of my two siblings can say this so in my what is now like fit uh 14 years of schooling I have never had a missing assignment in my entire life never never not once and it won't happen so okay. saying the whole he doesn't do his homework I I do a lot of stupid things but one thing that I do is I always do my homework okay All right. Well, listen. Um you can check us out as we told you. We want to thank all of our guests who took part in answering this. Thank you to Adam Yoffi as always, also to Aldo Gandia and the Barroom Network. Jason, until next time, buddy. Big hugs to you. Have fun at school. Not too much fun. Behave, okay, buddy? Like, rate, subscribe, do it over again. Y'all have a great day. Okay. Love you, buddy. I'll see see you later, okay? Love you, Jimmy. All right. Take care, everybody. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years, electrically connecting our world. And by Foot First Podiatry. It's time to get your bunion fixed with Foot First Podiatry's exclusive Sklar bunionectomy. No visual scars, no casts, no crutches, no kidding. Visit footfirst.com.